So our text tonight is going to come from 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 18. We'll have that on the screen in a few minutes. 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 18. Thank you all again for being here tonight. I feel like the Lord has laid a word on my heart tonight, so I really am excited to share it with you guys. So first of all, I want to tell you that I am a... Um, I'm a, uh, let's see if I can get the word, statistic. I'm a statistic person, a numbers person, an analytic person. I like percentages, numbers. I like this amount of people. I, I, I really dig. I like, I like digging in at interesting um, charts and just, you know, I, I really enjoy that stuff. But I hate math. <laughs> that makes any sense. I hate math. Yeah. So tonight, I came across a statistic, and I want to share it with you, and I'm going, to go, I'm going to go straight into the message with it, but I want you to just think about it in the back of your head, and I don't want nobody to get up and leave, because it's kind of crazy. But 2019, they did a survey, there was a survey done uh, by, by clinical psychologists, and it says, 61% of Americans reported feeling lonely. 61% of Americans said they feel lonely. Now, I told you I don't like doing math, but I think if 10 people stood up in here, six of them would be lonely, correct? Am I correct on that? Okay, see? All right. Wow. I was like, Lord. And I think it's something that, that has failed to be talked about in church. Does that make sense? Because it's one of those things that nobody's going to step up and say, yep, that's me. I'm lonely. Lonely guy right here. Lonely woman. Yep. Hello. And so tonight, we're going to study what the Bible says about something. Like I said, it doesn't really get talked about much in, in the church or, or even in the community. And so we're going to look at what loneliness is. Now, keep in mind now, I told you this was back in 2019 when th this study was done. So just imagine what that study is at now with, with the, you know, the, the pandemic and all the other mental illness, everything going on now. I imagine it's, it's, it's gone up by now. This was before, 2019. So we're going to see what the Apostle Paul experienced, okay, in 2 Timothy. And then we're going we're gonna to look at some solutions because, you know, we've we got to have solutions to everything. So he, gives us, he goes to experience and he gives us solutions to this. So first off, loneliness is, de is defined as separation anxiety caused by feeling disconnected. Or in simpler terms, an unwelcome emotion caused by feeling alone or isolated. Think about that word for a second there. Disconnected. And that other word, isolated. And I want to remind you, I'll probably remind you a couple of times tonight. You know what the enemy wants to do to you? They want to isolate you. They want to get you alone. They want to disconnect you from the church body. They want to get you away. They want to make you feel lonely. So that's where we're going to be at. You don't have to be on your own to be lonely. You don't have to be, you, don't have to be, you know, uh, by yourself. You can be in, in Times Square on New Year's Eve. I don't know who would want to. But you could be in Times Square on New Year's Eve. You can have... 568 Facebook friends. You could be in a crowded football stadium. 
and still be lonely. But let me tell you this. It's not a sin to be lonely, okay? Not a sin. Not a sin to be lonely. But it's what you do with that loneliness that can turn into sin. Y'all following along so far? Okay, good. When lonely, when lonely, sometimes we do things to get love and attention that are unhelpful and sinful. Okay, when you're lonely, you do things that, that you, you try to get that attention. Okay, that could lead to an affair or a pornography. Remember, that's what happens when you're isolated and you're disconnected. You, you spend money to fill that void or you comfort eat. We'll get into that in a little bit. So, Let's look at the end. Here we are in the scripture. We're at the end of Paul's ministry when he's in this dungeon in Rome. He's, he's, he's practically alone. He's wait, awaiting his fate. Let me, set, let me set the stage for you here. Um, 2 Timothy is probably, the, it's probably around the last epistle that Paul ever wrote. He's an old man now, and he, he's, in, he's in prison. He's deserted by most of his friends and facing the likely a prospect of death. So if you've got your Bible, we'll get it on the screen. Here we go. Let's read it together. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have, the kept, and I have kept the faith. And let, let me stop you right there, because that probably sounds familiar. I, I've heard this sermon or this message or this scripture done for funerals or graduations. I've heard it done so many different times. But... We're going to tie it into loneliness tonight. So let's pick it up. Verse 8. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all those who have longed for his appearance. To do your best, to, do your best to, to come to me quickly, for Demas, because he loved the world, has deserted me and has, has gone to Thessalonia. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Okay, did you catch that? That's going to come up later. Get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. I sent Titus to Ephesus, and when he came, bring the cloak. When you come, bring the cloak that I am left with Caparnas at Troas and my skulls, especially the parchments. Alexander the metal worker did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him for what he has done. You too should be on your guard against him, because he is strongly opposed to our message. Skip down to verse 18. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Okay, so again, this is what we got. We've got Paul. He's in this dungeon. He's, he's just hanging out. He's lonely. And so after that, reading that scripture... Like I told you, this, this has been translated, you know, several different ways. But this is what I got, what Paul's saying. Causes of loneliness. The first one is, in, in verse 6, we're going to go with the stage of life change. Stage of life change. Right off the bat, he says, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. Yikes. He's already like, it's, it's, it's time for me to go. Peace out. <laughs> I'm out of here. For Paul, he says the end is near, and he knows it. Paul was in this last season of his life. For him, he's in this dungeon. He's awaiting trial in Rome. He is asking Timothy to come visit him. That's what he's saying. And so when we're talking about stages of life transitions, we're talking about seasons of life that, that bring loneliness. 
What am I talking about? Maybe, maybe moving schools, going to a different school, or, or, or changing jobs, or, you know, a relationship, or the death of a lonely, the death of a loved one. It can be lonely times. Transitional times is when you, you left one reality to start another one. I'll be honest, looking back, there's been several times in my life where I felt lonely, and I really was. And one of them was when I was 18 and I left, and I went, I went into the military. And so I was just this, this skinny guy. I literally was skinny. Um, they had to set my date, my time to go back because I didn't weigh enough to go into the Navy. <laughs> I was supposed to leave, and they're like, you don't weigh enough. So I was like, what do I do? You got to go eat some cheeseburgers and milkshakes. I was like, well, this is just great. See, I got to fatten me up. And so the months passed, and I was, I was getting kind of lonely, and so it was my time to leave. And so here I am, this, this skinny with a few extra pounds guy from Wilmer, Alabama, and they send me to Great Lakes, Chicago, right, right outside of um, Great, Great Lakes, Illinois, right outside of Chicago. And it is cold. It is so cold. And I don't do cold. I do cool, but not cold. But anyways, my lonely time was when I got up there, but there was everybody else experiencing the same thing I, I was going through. We were all from all over the country, and they, they, they brought us together, and they stuck us together in there in these barracks, and they're like, here you go, get along. And guys, I, I was lonely. I was lonely. Even though I was surrounded by all these people, I was, I, was, I was still lonely because it was this transitional time in my life when I was used to this, 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 reality, you're out of here. And so that's what Paul's saying in the very first six. He's like, my time has come from departure. Now, I wasn't dying. I kind of feel like I was dying. <laughs> it was so cold. But even though I was literally surrounded by all these people, I, they were, I was just lonely. Okay, so it leads to the second cause, verse 9, separation. Now, the, the second cause of loneliness can be similar to the first one, separation. Being separated from family and friends can cause deep loneliness. Nod your head if you agree. Being separated from family and friends can cause deep loneliness. Remember what I told you, the enemy wants to get you alone. Wants to get you isolated. Wants to separate you. Paul in this passage, he, he said, I only have Luke with me. Verse 11, only Luke is with me. Continue on, it says, Demas has deserted, deserted him, going all worldly and crazy. But others have come and gone in their good ways. And uh, so Paul wants t Timothy to come quickly. And he says, bring Mark with him. So he's like, Okay, I need you to bring him, him with you. Take, 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 for a, to take today, for instance, 2021. You know, we, could, uh, we, can, we can text, we can FaceTime, we can, we can Skype, we can email. We can, we can do just about anything, connecting with people. But in Paul's day, it would have it taken months and months for, for this one simple task to go down. Okay, so Paul asked Timothy twice, verse 9 and verse 13, do your best to get here before winter with my coat. Sounds like me in Chicago. I was like, get my coat up here. It's cold. 
And he says, time is running out, and he really wants Timothy. This is what he really wants. He really wants Timothy for the companionship and the friendship. Now, he's not going to come out and say that, but he's like, I want the friendship and I want the companionship. This is going to come into play in a little bit. Let me ask you, while, while we're on this subject, who could you call? Okay? It doesn't matter where you're at right now. If you're lonely, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. But if you're lonely or if you're going through something, let's, let's flip it over for a second. Who could you call? Who could you text? Who could you visit? Who could you reach out to? Like, uh, what about me? No, it's not about you. It's a what about you can do for somebody else. Imagine what, what, what Paul is going through sitting there, and he's not having a pity party. He's like, hey, bring so-and-so, bring so-and-so. I want that companionship. I want that friendship. Who could you reach out to? Who could, who could that someone be for you? So I'll be honest, sometimes I, I, go, on this, I, I go on this binge of just I, I, I text people, and I, I've actually got it mapped out on certain days. I text these people, and certain days I text this people. This is crazy. And then it's like, okay, I can't forget about this group, and I've got this. And, you know, and, but I do it just... Just so they know I love them. Sometimes it falls through the cracks, and I skip a couple weeks or a little bit. But you know why I do that? Just like Paul, I want that companionship. I want them to know that I'm there. I'm, I'm trying to avoid that separation on my end and avoiding the separation on their, their end. Now, I'm not telling you tonight to go through your contacts and text everybody. But what could you do? What could you do to reach out? All right, let's move on to the third thing. Opposition. Verse 14. Paul faced opposition. Well, duh. Here, he says in verse 14, Hear from Alexander the metal worker. That's who he's facing opposition from. It's probably the same guy that, uh, that kicked Paul out of the church in 1 Timothy, and then probably the same one in Acts 19, where the, uh, uh, the idol makers were losing their business because people were turning to Christ. They're being opposed, resisted, misunderstood. Does that sound familiar? Are you in that spot? Are you in that place? Are you misunderstood as a Christian? Are you different? Do people, like, why do they do that? Why do they go to church and, why do they go to a church on Sunday and spend hours and hours? Why do they go on their Wednesday nights? Are you misunderstood? Why do people, like, why are you doing that? Come hang, go do this. Like, no, I'm going to go against the opposition. Okay? Jesus told us, he's told us in the Bible, he says, that we are blessed when people insult you, persecute you, and say all kind of things false about you. They did it to Jesus. And he tells us in the Bible, you're, you're the same way. Okay? When people insult you, you got to take that as a compliment. Okay? We are blessed. But that doesn't, that doesn't take the loneliness away. You can have all the blessings in the world, but you can still be like, well, I'm, I'm still feel lonely. Okay? You're like, wait, how, why, we're blessed? How? The temptation is to draw yourself into this shell. Stay with me here. The temptation is to draw yourself in the shell, and, and what do we do? We, we put up walls, okay? Uh, in, in our backyard, I, I don't know how we have so many turtles. We have like a turtle farm or something. Every time I look around, there's turtles in our backyard. And so we, we go out there, and we try to... Uh, you know, you can't just can't run up on them, obviously. They, and so we, we sneak up on them sometimes just to, and then what they do is they, they take their shell and their legs and they just go in that, they, they go in there. 
you know, we sit there and stare at them, and they don't come out for a while. That's the way, that's the way loneliness is. That's, he's, like, he's like, don't do that. When you get lonely, you know, that's what we want to do. We want to we go in our little shell. We want to tuck our little tail. <laughs> and we want to put our, put our walls up. So we have these transitions of seasons of life, separation. We have, uh, we have opposition between loneliness. What else do we have? I'm going to hit you with this one. We have rejection. We have rejection. How many of y'all like to be rejected? I want to put your hand down. We don't like to be rejected. Because it says in, in verse 16, follow with me. This, oh, this one's probably the one with the most pain, I believe. It's when you've been betrayed. It's, been, it's, it's when you've been forsaken. He says, let me follow that. At my he says, at my first offense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. May it not be charged against them. So he's been betrayed, forsaken, just in the time that the need. You, you, you know what the, the worst rejection is? It's the people that are closest to you. The people that are closest to you. Not the people that you pass, at the, pass by at the grocery store. Not the people you, you hardly know on the streets. That's, that's, what, that's what he's saying right here. He's like, the people that are closest to you. He's like, nobody come to my defense. They, they abandoned me. At my first defense, no one came to support, but everyone deserted me. It's like you can hear, you can hear the pain in, in his voice right there. I got sad reading that. I was like, man. It's like, no one came to my defense. Nobody. When the going got tough, they left me. They, they, re, they rejected me. Nobody spoke up for me. Nobody spoke up for him. You ever felt like that? You ever been in that position? You're okay, raise your hand here. You ever felt like where somebody just deserted you, just abandoned you? It was like, psh, nobody was like, come on. I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing my job. But like, they just deserted me. Rejection is one of the hardest things to handle. Okay? As a child on the, on the school ground where you don't get kicked, you know, you don't get picked to do something. Or as a teenager, if you go somewhere and you, you're the outcast or, or, or a spouse in the marriage, like any, any kind of rejection is hard. But it's, the hardest is the one that is closest to you. Because he names the people in here. It's like, where is everybody? God created us in his image for relationships, fellowships, and friendships. That's why this is so tough. That's why we need, that's why we need that acceptance. That's why we need that love. That's, that's why we need that communication. I don't know about you, but I don't like being isolated. You know, there, there's a few people that are like, oh, just leave me alone. I like to be by myself. No, you don't. No, you don't. You want somebody to love you. You want somebody to reach out to you. Okay? Don't, don't buy that. Okay, so people deal with loneliness in so, so many ways. Staying with rejection, what happens? They they withdraw. They get depressed. They what are some other ways that they become a workaholic? Hey, I work more so I can make more money, right? Being a shopaholic, trying to buy the better stuff, the biggest stuff. This is how they deal with loneliness and rejection. 
They think, um, you know, if, if I go out to eat or I do this or I eat more, it fulfills this. I'm giving you some good examples here. Others turn to self-medicating with drugs or alcohol. They, they turn to the Internet, the books, TV. These are all poor substitutes that take us further away. You may think, oh, all these sounds, these sounds great. These sounds wonderful. But when you get in your little shell, you're actually distancing yourself from God, you're the Father. You're pulling yourself into the shell and you're putting your walls up. All right, so I said I was going to give you some solutions. So here we go. How do we get better? How do we overcome loneliness? This is about the time I pull out a couch right here and ask you to lay down and tell me. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend that I have, have the answers, but I'm going to go to the scripture and let's see, what, let's see what the Bible says. First thing he says is come to Jesus. Paul, we know, was a follower of Christ. We know that. That was expressed many times. He staked his life on the fact that God loved him and Jesus proved it by dying for his sin. He entered a relationship with Jesus when God got his attention on Damascus Road, turning his life upside down. I mean, has your life ever been turned upside down? Yeah. Yeah. So Jesus comes along and turns his life upside down. He knew that it was God because this scripture right here, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Man, I love that. Never will I leave you or forsake you. When we put into practice Romans 10, 9, it says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, it says you got to do these two things, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Okay, so that takes away the, rec the rejection, the opposition, okay? You're not being rejected by God. You're being rejected by man. Never forget that. God never will reject you. No matter where you're at, or what state you're in, what loneliness you're in, God will never reject you. And I'm saying that because I, I have to tell myself that sometimes. Because, you know, I get in my funk, I get in my little shell sometimes, and I have to remind myself, God's not rejecting you. It's the people out there that, you, you know, you, you're saying harmful and rejecting you. So when we do that, we, re we reconcile with God, and our rejection is dealt with because we're sons and daughters of the king. And we know that in our heart, that God will never leave us nor forsake us. All right, so he, he, Paul comes to Jesus. The next thing he does, he's, he uses his time well. Verses 7 and 8 and also in 13. As Paul neared the end of his life, he knew he had lived well. He stated it himself. He was proud. He's like, I finished the race. I've done my job. That he used his time well. He fought the good fight. He finished the race. He kept the faith. We know we've seen this. He was going to be rewarded for this crown of righteousness. So in verse 13, he asked Timothy to bring his cloak and, and his scrolls, especially the parchments. Now, what does that mean? What, what's he got to bring that for? He doesn't want to sit around and mope. He doesn't want to sit around and mope. He says, bring me this and bring me that. Now, it sounds like he's just ordering just, hey, just, just, just bring me. It sounds like he's giving orders, okay? He sounds like, but what he's doing, he's actually saving and helping himself. He's not sitting around and moping, okay? 
Now he's in this dungeon. He's not, he's not, he's not about to mope. He's stuck in jail. He can't play any more churches. He can't go out and visit them. Uh, but he can write to them, and he can lead others to Christ by continuing to support and write his churches. Philippians 1.12 says, Now I want you to know that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel as a result. It has become clear to the whole palace guard that I am in chains for Christ. Let me ask you, are you advancing the kingdom in your loneliness? Right where he was at. He's still advancing the kingdom of Christ, even in his loneliness and his deserted time. And here you are, here we are, we're sitting there. Are we still doing our job? Are we still advancing the kingdom, even where we're at? Are y'all still with me tonight? All right. All right. Sometimes, here we go. Life hands you lemons. So what do you do? You make lemonade. Of course. Life hands you lemons, you make lemonade. Most of the time, use your time well. Make the most of a bad situation. When life hands you lemonade, it's a bad situation, right? So what do you do? You make lemonade. You make the situation right. I'll get to that in a, in a minute. Resist the temptation to mope, to do nothing, you know. Loneliness can be so paralyzing. It's like when you're in this state of loneliness, it's almost like you stop taking care of yourself. Yeah. You get in this spot and you're like, what's the use? Why even? I'm just going to stop taking care of myself. So I remember, again, like the second time I was in this lonely state is when I had actually... I was nearing the end, uh, the end of my time in the Navy, and my last, it was probably the last year that I was assigned to go on an aircraft carrier, and once again, I was lonely, but, and it was a transition time in my life, but again, I was, I was in, I was stationed with five, this, this aircraft carrier, they held like 5,000 people, Okay. And so I was surrounded by all these people. And on this thing they had on the aircraft carrier, you know, we would work 12 hours and be off 12 hours. But the thing that I, I did not do, and looking back, is I didn't use my time wisely. Like Paul said, like Paul did. I, I didn't use my time wisely. I didn't use my time for Jesus at all. Didn't use it at all. There was too many distractions. Too, too many things going on, and I didn't use my time wisely. And I looked back, and I was like, maybe that's why I was lonely. You know, I had so much around me, so much to distract me, but I was still lonely. Is this making sense? Still lonely. Moving on. Number three, uh, verse 16. Minimize your pain. Minimize your pain. Verse 16. At my first offense, no one came to support, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. Okay, now the first part of this verse, he's talking about nobody came to me, everyone deserted me, but oh, hold up. May it not be held against them, okay? So he's had like a little mini party, pity party there, but he says, stop, don't, don't hold that against them, okay? 
It's like he's minimizing, he's bringing his pain down a little bit, okay? How, how, just, the next thing we do is when, you, when you're in this lonely state here, you want to play it down. Okay, stay with me for a second. Play your loneliness down. Stop exaggerating. Stop rehearsing it over and over. This is what we do. I'm so lonely. I'm so lonely. I am so lonely. I'm so lonely. I'm so lonely. We, we, we go overboard with it. Let's be honest. Don't let it get you bitter. Okay? Don't let that resentment set in. Okay? That first part of the verse where he goes through it, and then the last part says, may it not be held against them. I call this the Eeyore effect. And who Eeyore is, right? Walks around just moping around. I call this the Eeyore effect. Stop being so bitter. Stop being so, stop letting it just hold you down. Paul said it may not be held against them. He forgave, and then he stayed free from the bitterness. It's like this horrible self-imposed prison that we, we put ourselves in, right? Because we, we, we over-exaggerate it. Now, I'm not saying there's times when you're in when your life you, that you're in this and you're in a state and it is a bad situation, but sometimes rolling that, that mind and that prison that we're in, we make it worse. We make it worse on ourselves. Fourth thing, verse 17, enjoy God's presence. Okay, we're, we're, we're getting good now. Enjoy God's presence. Paul went on to say that the Lord stood at his side and gave him strength. Now, the truth is, Christian is never alone. Like what? The Christian is never alone. We are temples of the Holy Spirit, and we have his presence with us at all times. All times. You're never alone. You may think in here that you are, and in here you may have this prison that you are, but you're never alone when you have the Holy Spirit. You cannot flee from his presence you can't, you can't go up this mountaintop. You can't go up this. You can't go down this valley. You can't go in the valley of shallow death. You can't go anywhere. Remember tw- Psalms 23, 4 says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what's the next part? You are with me. You are not lonely. You are not lonely. But I'm going through. No, you're not. You are not lonely. Never will I leave you, nor forsake you. Man, this is good stuff. So use this time of aloneness to enjoy God's presence. What? Use the time of this aloneness to enjoy God's presence. I don't know if you noticed, I think it was yesterday, Facebook and Instagram were down for 6 hours, 47 minutes, and 32 seconds. How many of y'all enjoyed the aloneness to spend time with God? I can't put my hand up. Use the time of aloneness to enjoy God's presence. I'm wrapping this thing up tonight. Verse 17, if you want to stand with me tonight. We will close this out. Verse 17, and I'll close with this. Look out. Look out. Look out for others. What? I'm lonely. No, you're not. Look out for others. So Paul was strengthened by the the Lord so that through my message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. Paul was lonely. He was in a cold dungeon 
facing a trial before Nero, but he didn't forget the main thing. The main thing was the goal he had pressed for the heavenwards for making Christ known, winning people. Here again, Paul's in this dungeon, and he still had other people on his mind. Winning people, building them in the faith, sending them to do the same. His thoughts and prayers were always for other people in all his churches. Paul's concerns were for other people. If you're feeling lonely tonight, instead of focusing inward, focus outward on someone tonight. What? Instead of feeling lonely, turn that loneliness and focus on someone else. Okay? Instead of crying out, God, I'm so lonely. Why am I so lonely? Why am I so lonely? Start saying, God, help me be a friend to someone. God, help me be a friend to someone. God, I'm so lonely. No, no, no. I don't want to hear that. Help me be a friend to someone. Because God's sending you to someone else. He's sending you someone else. Things we do, the things we say, the things we think that are wrong, our loneliness, it only separates us. Remember I told you in the beginning. It separates us. It isolates us from God who is holy. I want to, again, go with my lemons here. If you're in a loneliness, self-pity party, it's time to stop and use your time more wisely. Enjoy the presence of God, even in your loneliness. Enjoy the presence of time with God. See what else the Lord wants to do with you. Never will I leave you, forsake you. Paul concluded his letter by explaining that even though he had felt lonely at times in his work, he knew the Lord was with him and strengthened them. That's a reminder for someone tonight. Even in your loneliness, God is still strengthening you. God is still with you. I have this, I told you in the beginning about numbers and statistics and percentages. I also have this other thing where, this is weird, but I like to, I don't want to say I like to, but I study people. <laughs> Somebody call it people watching, but I, yeah, that's weird. Um, but I, I learn people, and this is how I help, and this is how I kind of serve others. I think this, God tells me, this is how you help and serve others. Watch with them. Watch what they do, okay? If you see somebody messing up, go to them. Say, hey, let me, let me help you out there, okay? You can't, you can't help other people when you're focusing on yourself. You can't help other people when you're focusing on yourself. In my marriage, I watch Heather, not like a creeper, but I pay attention to what she does and what, what goes on in her life so I can help her. You know, on my job, I, I watch out for other people. Serving others. When we play softball on Tuesdays, playing first base, I watch how, you know, the shortstop or the third base, or the, I watch how they throw so I know where to be and how to catch it. So I can serve other people. Like, that is strange, but it's not strange. It's how I serve other people. When you serve people, you will never be lonely a day in your life. When you serve people for Jesus, you will never be lonely a day in your life. So I've learned to take my lemons, and I want to challenge you tonight. Take your lemons and make lemonade for others. 
But you know what? This, these lemons in this bag do no good. Just like you're doing no good when you're in your little shell and you're, you got your little walls put up. Your lemons are your testimony. Some are sour. Some are good. Some are juicy. Some are, but your lemons are your testimony. So tonight I want to pray. I want to pray with you tonight. And we're going to play a little music. And if, if you need prayer, if you want to come up here, if you just want to, you know, what I want you to, I want you to focus on is this. How can, I, how can I be a friend to somebody else? Lord, send somebody in my life so I can, be, so I can take my inward and focus on the outward. Let's pray tonight. Lord, Lord some of us may have an aching in our life for loneliness. Lord, we may have a hole in our heart. Lord, we, you know, we, we've, we've turned things off in our life. God, we've gone in our little shell. We've, we've said some things. We've done some wrong things, Lord. But, Lord, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising again, Lord. Lord, I pray tonight that our prayer can be, Lord, that we can turn our inward lemons and we can bless someone on the outside. In your name we pray, Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's just take a moment and just press in with the Lord. we go tonight, Lord, our, our prayer is to you, Lord. Instead of crying out, why God? Why me? Why am I so lonely? God, I, we, I pray we take that loneliness and we take it, we take it to others. God, somebody out there is needing you. Lord, I pray that Lord, take that loneliness away. Lord, somebody tonight is just Lord, they're struggling with it. God, they don't want to admit it. Lord, they're just, they're suffering. Lord, they're, Lord, they've gone through so much, Lord. I pray for that person tonight, Lord, that they take that loneliness, Lord. They take it to somebody that really needs, that really needs you, Lord. God, maybe they've been, in, they've been to hell and back, and they've, they've experienced so much, Lord. But Lord, you didn't, you said you never leave us and you never forsake us, Lord. And we, we, we take that up tonight. We bear that, Lord. Lord, we thank you for this tonight. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for being here tonight. Take your lemons. Go bless others tonight. Thank you. You're dismissed tonight.